Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Save big money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Sump pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards and don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamina Jamil. I hope you're well. I am bringing back an old episode this week for a few reasons. First of all, I think it's one of the best episodes of this podcast so far. Uh, it was early on at the beginning a year ago. And because so many of you are new to this podcast and there are so many to go back through, I wanted to make sure you hear this episode because it's so funny. It's so special. It's so full of heart. And I could not be more in love with this guest She's just so surprising. Throughout this next hour, she weaves through, just so seamlessly through, really, really serious issues to really, really silly issues to funny issues. And she takes on all these different characters, but then also comes right back to herself and shows us her purest and rawest self. I'm talking about the comedian, the writer, the BAFTA award-winning actor that is Ashling B., she is such a joy and someone I feel so grateful to have in my life. And, and we talk a lot about loneliness in this episode. And obviously, we know that that's something that so many people have struggled with in the last year, but it's been in the news this week, how detrimental loneliness can be for your, not just your mental health, but your physical health, to the point where there are people being appointed in governments around the world as the minister of loneliness. That's literally some people's titles because this is such a, it's kind of becoming its own pandemic. And so I'm obsessed with destigmatizing issues that normally we have been for no good reason shamed out of discussing. And I think humor is a really amazing way to do that. And the way that Ashling discusses loneliness and so many other things and periods and relationships, she's just great. Just listen to this, enjoy it, even if you've heard it before. I guarantee you will have forgotten so many of the nuggets of gold that she drops. If I could, I think I'd play this episode every week because I love it so much. But um, I will just quickly warn you that we do talk over each other a lot and that might be slightly grating to you. But what you're going to have to understand is that when I bring on my close mates onto this podcast, unfortunately for you, you are getting a, a proper insight into what we're like on a couch. And what we're like is that we interrupt each other a lot because we are trying to impress each other with jokes. So uh, enjoy a very intimate look into one of my, my favourite friendships and please just wallow in the glorious genius that is Ashling B. How do you feel? Do you feel okay? I feel okay, yeah. Okay, good. Do you feel ready? feel overly confident, if anything. I feel, <laughs> I feel a bit arrogant. <laughs> we might have to keep this in. <laughs> I actually feel arrogant yeah, to the point of almost good. like what I can only describe as a dictator-like quality to... You know what? Fun it's funny you say that, actually. Are we, we are recording, right? Yeah. It's a, I, I have been sort of coming to terms with the fact that I need a bit more arrogance in my life. Yeah. 
Is this happening and to you? Is this is something it, that's happening because I'm in my 30s? Or do like, they need another word? Yeah, like just if basic got, level self-confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. Like now, I, I don't apologise when I buy something in a shop. Oh, you arrogant bitch. I know. Because um, there's the whole, the classic Englishwoman thing of if you compliment any woman's uh, yeah. garment of clothing, she has to immediately tell you like, oh, I just found this uh, for 5p and it was covered in, in sick and yeah, dog yeah, poo yeah. and that it, I didn't spend any money on myself. I've done nothing nice for myself. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, this was just a mistake. I fact, still you know hate what? myself. I'm going to take it off now yeah. and just give it to give you. Give it to you. Yeah. Um, there, that is multiplied when you're an Irish Catholic woman. Oh, really? Oh, it's like next level. It's like, I ruined it. I ruined it myself. I was sick on the top. You know, like that you're like, <laughs> and I did it to myself. Like it's even worse, you know. It's uh, that like lack of confidence where we just didn't go and conquer any of the world. We're like, no, no, you may as well conquer us because we're all piles of shite. Yeah. Um, oh, she's already stripping. If anyone's worry. watching See, this podcast, taking clothes yeah, One day in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Jamila? Yeah, it's not this I kind of it's not that kind here. of interview. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. Because I thought over the emails, you just seem so flirty. <laughs> Oh, I've completely misread this situation. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Um, but 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 speaking of female <laughs> bragging, yes. um, I was at uh, an award ceremony earlier in the year, and Shonda Rhimes, the oh great God. Shonda Rhimes, yeah. got up on stage, and she was talking about the fact that women just don't brag enough. Yeah, and then she went on to announce that she is the highest paid showrunner oh. in the entire world. Oh my God. Amazing. Isn't that cool? Uh, so a woman in her 40s was a woman of colour, a black woman in Hollywood, yeah. the highest paid showrunner in the world. But also we collectively have to look at, if we're like going, guys, you should all brag more. How do we react when people actually do it? Yes. So there's a lot, and I've definitely been the person going, oh God, are you? Well, thanks for telling us. You know, there's, yeah. we have to look at how we react when people say things like that. I, I know I was, um, like one thing I'm really proud of and Catherine Ryan, who's a comedian friend of both of us, mm-hmm. she was talking about how on her episode of Who Do You Think You Are, which for anyone who's not from Britain or Ireland, it's a show where people go and look at their generations and where they came from. Oh my God, I'm never doing their, that show. Oh my God, oh, oh, it'd be so fascinating. No. Yours would be fascinating. Go, keep going. But Talk also, about most Catherine. people are like, get off my family. <laughs> but, yeah, but like most people, like end up going. Like if it was me, there was we we were like born from bacteria in Ireland. To be so boring, it'd just be like a one-hour road trip down to Kerry. You know, yeah, like at least you, you'd get to go somewhere interesting. But every generation is supposed to evolve, and if like this yes. is the trash bucket that's left in 2020, <laughs> we are absolutely buggered. <laughs> um, no, why don't you brag? Imagine the success that you've had Fine. versus your origins. Right. T- talk about Catherine Ryan. There we go. But she was saying that like. Um, you know, her great-grandmother would not have been allowed by a house and that she has now bought a house from comedy. And I own my own house in London from jokes. I, like 50 years ago, my granny would have needed uh, a signatory from a man to have a house. And I was saying that to someone, they were like, all right, we get it. And I was really like, no, this is something I'm genuinely proud of. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it to name drop or I'm not saying it to kind of... I'm really proud of it. I'm proud that I bought a house with jokes. And I I was quite interested by the reaction. It sort of made me question, maybe you shouldn't go on about it, but it's something I'm so fiercely proud of. Mm -hmm. And it is, you're not sure who's going to react. Like, it's not always... uh, I can imagine there's lots of times where the reaction is more than often like, all right, mate, we get it. No need to go on about it. Mm -hmm. Um... So a lot of the time, the reason we don't is because the reaction we get is not a positive one. Well, especially as women. Yeah. As women, how dare we feel anything other than grateful to be in the room and out of the kitchen? I wonder, though, sometimes do we perpetuate that within ourselves? Yeah. So it's women with other women. I used to have stand-up about this as well, where it was like, you know, there's an expectation that if you tell me like I look nice Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you three times I don't and then the third one I'll take Mm -hmm. but I'm I don't expect you to stop complimenting me after one so if you're like Ashing, you look nice I'm like "Ah, I know look like a pile of shite and you go no you don't I go well I know I do a bit and you go no you don't really shut up now I'm like okay well thank you very much that's very nice right now, if I told you you looked really nice and, and my, my friend does this, actually, she goes, oh, thank you so much. And I'm always like, 
no, that, we, we had to go three more times before you said thank you. There's not, don't be so confident. That's not how it works. You're supposed to just take a compliment. Like I do look at myself. I, I, I would be like, no, that's, you can't just accept it because you right. know it but you already journey. know then what was the point of me telling you you know we totally we totally have to stop doing it ourselves and perpetuating ourselves although I think that is just a general pattern with shame I think there is a society around us that 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 perpetuates shame especially mm. of women feeling confident and I think that's because society is afraid of women feeling confident because then we might actually go on to completely thrive and then be equal but also it, it takes a lot of work like daily work to get out of Mm -hmm. that pattern because I was talking to my therapist recently and she told me about the three sections of the brain yeah the first is like your logical brain so us talking about this and going yes we should stop shame then there's your mammalian brain underneath it which would still get when you feel ashamed or like you've been wrong it has a physical effect in the body Mm -hmm. it's the flushing of your skin it's that oh god oh god oh god oh god why was I such an idiot (laughs) and it it tells your body you've been hit like it, it it lights up the same part of your brain as if you've been whacked with a mallet. But your body looks around for the bruise and can't find anything. So you're just going, Ugh! and then underneath it is your reptilian brain. And your reptilian brain is the hardest thing to change because that's the sort of part of you that's formed in your first few years. Right. So the first few years of life and everything that happens to you, whether you had lots of love or didn't have love or the things that you had or got taken away or little pre-programming moments in your first three or four years, which are incredibly hard to deprogram from your actual body. So a lot of it is faking it till you make it up in your head, but you still feel I'm so cringing or I'm so. And I find that quite fascinating that there's there's all these conversations that we have Mm -hmm. which change things. And then it has to whirl its way down to your body to actually not feel it anymore. And that takes work and years. and, And if you get to say. Uh, 21 like, <laughs> like us <laughs> us two young gals well it won't take too too little time to pr- unprogram ourselves but like if you get to a certain stage you're like oh god this could take years to undo as well to physically let yourself know mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be kind of shaking and cringing I, well that's exactly it the reason I was bringing up the fact that there is a society that that shames us is because that should be a further incentive for us to push harder mm. and um, do that work every single day to remind ourselves that we are entitled to a little healthy dose of pride. Without a doubt. And also, do you know what I find interesting? I would love to know what you find interesting. And this is the only thing I find interesting. Everything else to me is uh, straightforward boring. Um, <laughs> no, is that I definitely came into comedy working within spaces which were not designed for me or rather it's not that they were unwelcoming but were not spaces that were designed for loud female Irish comedians people, right. or loud Irish people <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say models <laughs> oh no we got to stop finishing each other's sentences because I was going to say professional models um, but it, in the same way the workspace the nine to five workspace is not designed for women who might want to have kids that is for uh, a, a man who has someone at home to look after kids so even the idea of making a workplace where it could be 8.30 to 3 and you pick up kids and then you work at home in the evening with a different that is designing your own workspace and what I really feel is happening in the last four or five years is rather than feeling a bit out of place and work in places that weren't designed for us. And I don't just mean women. I mean, anyone where Mm -hmm. you haven't traditionally seen a version of yourself somewhere Mm -hmm. that suddenly you think, oh, God, we thought we had to work in that building, but we've got all this bricks and mortar and we can set our our own building over here. Mm -hmm. So female production companies, I mostly work with female production companies, um, uh, places which are your own spaces and you can start with your own foundation and rules and hours from the ground up mm-hmm. rather than some weird reason you thought you had to go and exist in that space. So there was this big chat, you know, there was a whole chat uh, for anyone who's again not from the UK or Ireland. Panel shows are a big thing in the UK mm-hmm. and Ireland which are kind of long uh, tables full of comedians talking about the news and subjects. And... um we were always sort of fitting into ones that had been in existence for 15, 20 years. And like seven men, one token woman. Yeah, yep. and, uh, and, and that's fine. I made my career out of that. It's helped by the, the house that Jokes built. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. It's quite funny, Jack built Jokes. <laughs> God. Um, you should put that on a plaque. I, I'm too busy with my modelling career oh. to, uh, <laughs> to deal with the plaque business. Um, but that to start your own from the ground up, rather than to sort of feel like an imposter there and working overly hard where it could just be easy. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of fascinating to me now that, that because 
I like Obama, for example, apparently only has two colour ties because in the morning he doesn't want to have to use up his um, choice part of his brain. Mm-hmm. And then everything after that, you know, it's just similar like little... to a woman's morning routine, right? Exactly. Just... I only have two ties, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then and people say, Ashley, you should wear that. more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about underwear? And I'm like, too many choices. I'm doing what Obama does. Um, and so I love the idea that post-presidency <laughs> just walks around butt naked. Michelle, just... Michelle, <laughs> I, I've never felt so free. Michelle um, it's just like Rack, could you please put on a tie uh, anything more than a tie oh and could god. you put it around your neck I feel where you currently have it hanging is oh disgusting oh my god um, I, mean, I think we'd all be very happy to see Obama just a tie without trying to take away from all of his achievements yeah. but, um, <laughs> not to objectify <laughs> not to objectify but you know, I, mean, I, mean, I know woof. Um, um, but in hmm. that way I think those little incremental things that get in the way of you just doing your job mm-hmm. Uh, they really do drain your resources. The little moments of of pulling away at decisions or trying to worry about, will it be okay? Will it be that? Will it be that? Rather than just knowing you're going to be fine and going in and just getting to do your job. That That is what we're all ideally looking for. Places where you don't have to uh, think about the colour of your skin, your, your, your sexual leaning, whatever it is, that you just go in and can get on with the day. Yeah. You know? Ava Devaney was talking about this recently, who is an incredible filmmaker, and she just said she's tired of trying to get a seat at other people's tables. Yes. She's decided to just build her own table. Yes. And I think that that's such a perfect way of putting it. Well, I, I thought really it was more it. perfect when I said no, about the No, I think house. that her... I, yeah, yeah, yours was also good. because it it's more difficult. Your one had a table. naked visual of Obama walking around with yeah, nothing yeah, but a tie yeah. on. So. And your problem is, <laughs> also, no, I if that. you have a table, what if it rains? Whereas That's in the true. house, you have a roof. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into a metaphor Oh my here, God, but... I think I want to marry you. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Okay. What, a, what a wedding. <laughs> we haven't even properly started this. Oh, oh yeah, this let's is the start. intro, by the way. <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> Everyone, I'm talking to Ashling B. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, who is a friend of mine from back in the day, someone I've admired from afar and up close. And uh, Ashling has recently, I mean, it's kind of recently still, it's still buzzing and now it's available on Hulu. Ooh, show, you have yes. your own show called This Way Up. Yeah. Now, you are also a famous stand-up comedian. Very famous, you are very a writer. Famous. You're an actress now. You're acting opposite Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. The dream, the unaging dream. Dream. Yeah. Yep. Have you seen the she painting? She who will not age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you are here. I mean, you're here to talk to me because you love me. Yes. And yes. I didn't really give you a choice. Yes. But I wanted to talk to you about shame because mm. you not only have a show that is based heavily around a well, love and family, but mm-hmm. also mental illness. Yes. But also you've made a career of going around the world telling people your innermost, darkest secrets. Yes. I think stand-up comedy definitely thrives on things we should be embarrassed of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always feel that in an audience, you tiptoe out with the subject and you'll go, what about this? And people go, <laughs> yeah. and you get it. <laughs> One thing in terms of shame. So my show is called This Way Up mm-hmm. and it's on Hulu in America or all on Channel 4 in the UK. And I think it'll be coming around to the rest of the world whenever we find someone who'll take it. Um, After this podcast, don't worry about uh, it. Babe. Oh, listen, yeah, listen. listen. Take Once off. this podcast drops, it's a big deal. How am I gonna? How am I gonna? You know, just like walk down the street anymore? I know you're gonna have to change drops. your voice. Oh my god, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> hello. No, it's not me, but I do look like her. I do look like her. Um, um but the sorry, on. just in terms of shame, one of my big mission statements with this way up was to try and write a comedy about loneliness. And I feel, I read this quote about someone talking about being lonely. And I can't remember what it was in, to be honest, but it was about how loneliness is like uh, when in the 50s, if people thought someone had cancer, they were like, we can't talk about it because it was a death sentence and I might catch it or we don't know how or mm-hmm. someone will catch it. I think loneliness is um, so pervasive in our society and it's something that people feel if you tell someone that they might go, oh, why are you lonely? I don't want to catch loneliness from you. I don't mm-hmm. want to know that you're alone because that makes you, uh, what you want is is to be intimate with people and have people around you in some way. It's to, like no one wants to, to eat at an empty restaurant. Yes. They're like, exactly. why did no one else go to this bloody restaurant? Okay, you win Metaphor Awards. <laughs> that is, okay, fine. That's great. 
<laughs> yes, but a restaurant on the roof. Right. Um, <laughs> but that that is exactly it. That is exactly, no, even, and they're like, oh, if we could just get some people to eat the food, then people would come in mm-hmm. to the restaurant. But I really wanted to try, and I have been so overwhelmed by the response to the show because the people who get in touch about that very element of it don't look like anything. They're no particular age. They're no particular gender, uh, religion or anything like that. The idea that you can't be lonely if you're Meghan Markle or that you can't be lonely. I talked to my mother about this recently. She was like, you know what? I've always been very lucky. I don't suffer from loneliness. She's on her own. She had us, uh, she mm-hmm. raised us on her own, but she just doesn't get that that ah loneliness mm-hmm. and I've, I'd say it's been the thing that's haunted me the most my whole life whether I'm with someone or not in a large group or not and I've loads of friends my cup runneth over with the beautiful friendships I have but All loneliness right, is down. something no but I'm really no. popular <laughs> I know Jamila like I am like I am really popular like I can't I have to tell everyone about it I have to brag about it um, but I still get like just these cripple, this crippling loneliness a lot of the time and so that's kind of I remember even when my show came out in August in the UK, I talked about it with The Guardian and The Guardian did this big picture of my face with the word loneliness across it. And again, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I don't want to be the face of loneliness. Mm-hmm. I want to be the face of <laughs> Chanel. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be like, lonely woman. Oh, she's so lonely. Like, who wants to go out with that? Who wants to be friends with that? Who wants to be like, no, God love you, but I didn't buy. Like, there was something felt so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it feels so eating out of a tin. You know, it feels ugly in a way that just isn't nice. And I remember feeling it at school sometimes. And I'm a very confident person. Like I do have a high amount of confidence, but that that crippling loneliness, it's like, I often say it's a bit like, like a, like your soul is a bit homeless. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it doesn't have, it's living in a box mm-hmm. and it's kind of sad. My soul is Anne Hathaway in that movie where she goes to space. Oh God, I thought you were going to say Les Miserables. She comes back from space, doesn't she? Who's the one? Someone gets like cut off, is it? Who is George it? Clooney George did. Clooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sandra yeah, Bullock yeah. came back. That's it. And Hathaway came back, but we haven't seen George since. No, no, I'm George. Yeah, That's my yeah. soul. So I fully, I fully appreciate the loneliness aspect. Okay, <laughs> back to This Way Up. So this yes. is a show about loneliness, but it also investigates uh, the mental health of a young mm-hmm. woman who's kind mm-hmm. of overcoming, a, as you say, a teeny little nervous breakdown. Yeah. And, and it's how the world kind of responds to that and how she responds to her own recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I found very interesting about this is the fact that you are playing a teacher uh, who's teaching English as a foreign language, mm-hmm. who's uh, mentally ill. Yes. I believe that you've written that show about me. Because <laughs> I was an English teacher. I taught English as a foreign language. Oh my God, Jamila. And I was having a nervous breakdown when I was in my 20s. Oh my God. The show was about me. I've never felt more seen or exposed at I the would same have time. paid to see footage of you <laughs> with your Giselle-like <laughs> presence waltzing in. No, like, it wasn't that Yeah, did all. you enjoy it? I loved that job. I think it's why I'm this able is, to perform now. I really enjoy like, it. Uh, some people really weirdly describe parts of the show. And this is, again, how we review women. And I've been quite interested by how the show, just even in brilliant reviews, words that pop up, like her life's going nowhere. And I'm like, no, she's a really good teacher. What yeah. part of that woman's life is, oh, like she's a good teacher who connects with her students. Helping and, their lives yeah, also Yeah, and somewhere. I can also really imagine you as a teacher. And in a sense, all, everything you've gone on to do yeah. is a variation on, hey, you guys, how can we connect together and, and move yeah. us forward? I mean, I was I was questionable. I A, I lied that I had the qualifications to teach. I lied Listen. in my uh, application process where they they were like, where did you go to university? And I was like, Cambridge. And because I spoke in a <laughs> posh accent, obviously I left school at yeah, 16. Yeah. So uh, I have no A-levels. <laughs> no I mean, basic by Cambridge, education. I mean, I was yeah. in the punting I once school. went, yeah, yeah, I once went to a pub in Cambridge. Cambridge. And I, you know, I used to have very, very kind of embarrassing, exposing moments. I remember once uh, sitting, uh, I had a classroom full of Polish nuns who were all in their sort of late 60s, early 70s. Big shout out to the girls listening yep. to the podcast right yep. now. 
Yep. And uh, who hopefully can understand this because of what I taught yes. them. Uh, so they, uh, the, the way you begin English as a foreign language, did you ever teach English as a foreign language? No, but all of my family are teachers. So Brilliant. I know a lot well, about it. The early stages, people turn up in your classroom and they know literally nothing mm. no mm. English yeah they obviously know things about the world they just know no English yeah. <laughs> and uh you have to teach them via the art of mime in the first yeah. couple of weeks so one day uh I was 19 years old standing in front of a classroom of horrified nuns uh teaching them only via the art of mime why you must never pronounce sitting as shitting oh and I had to use my fist to pretend it was a block ah. of poo <laughs> and make it drop from my asshole while they're all squatting. like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I feel like after that, I could just do anything. It, that moment, yeah. single-handedly, it spearheaded the rest of my career, my shameless career. Well, do you know one reason I wrote uh, that particular classroom and that situation in was I was made very aware by this brilliant lady I know who is from Bulgaria and clearly has all of this personality. And if we could communicate, we would probably be friends. Mm -hmm. But instead, it's a lot of mime. And I was like, oh, my God, you are in this city kind of on your own in London. Mm -hmm. And the you that you know to be your full self can't get out mm -hmm. because of this barrier of language. And so even those nuns, if they had been able to chat to you, you would have remembered a host of different personalities. Well, they would have cussed me out and told me I was going to hell. Yeah, and they would have, still, been, yeah, would have seen absolutely. But, and they, but at least you would have known in advance. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you had to learn Polish. <laughs> no, to learn I still English. have an inkling. <laughs> um, but... Uh, those nuns would have not just been a group of foreign nuns. They would have been individual people with all of their stories. Mm -hmm. And when we, that can be another barrier to like getting to know people and a loneliness in the city when you don't have the words to express yourself. And I often think about this. Um, we'd talked about uh, mental health and suicide and stuff before. I often think about, so for those who don't know, and you know, Jamila, I wrote an article about two years ago about my dad's death from suicide. And uh, one of the things I was really struck by recently is that next year I'll turn the same age as he was when he died. And I was like, God, I have, I'd say... 20,000 more words. He was a very educated man, mm -hmm. a vet. Um, I, but I'd say I have 20,000 words more to describe in, in the English language how I feel and access to them than he had in 1987. Yeah. And emotional language is another language and to have it. And if you don't have the words to get out how you feel. I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel uh, resentful at the moment over what's happening. To be able to analyse how you feel and express it effectively. To be able to get that out like... I don't know if you've ever bled a radiator, but like uh, you I just have. like slowly I've let the I've only really been famous out. for two years. Okay, I was a real person once. I've actually bled a radiator. How many yeah. then? You know? I've, I've bled uh, for, uh, about for 15. Three. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sawamble. Yeah. Jenny from the I block. I brushed my yeah, own yeah. teeth this morning. <laughs> that can be yeah. your... I'm Jammy from the block. Yeah. <laughs> just because uh, my butler wasn't available. Uh. He was too busy brushing my hair. Um, but uh, you know, like when you bleed a radiator, you slowly let the air out and then the warmth comes back. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like what language gives us. The words to get your feeling is slowly going, hey, I'm just going to flag this up in advance. I'm mm -hmm. feeling really uh, weirded out right now. And I, I don't know why, but I've just got this odd feeling. And can I talk to you about it? And that the other person has the space and ability to hear that and mm -hmm. also speak the same language. And sometimes I think, it, like when I think back on my dad, I'm like, God, you didn't even have the English words to be like, where is the train station? It was mad or not mad. That's it. That's all they had was mad yeah, yeah, and yeah, go yeah, to a loony bin. Or angry, not angry or less than or ashamed. And but anger is just with the fist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's still something we, I think we've really, my friend Brona always says like the biggest number the patriarchy ever did was on men. Uh, and that like the, the the way we've repressed the the space um what 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 being a man should and can and potentially could be mm. um for me is like it doesn't help anyone and it's not denying masculinity to be vulnerable or to have that but also and that's another situation where we have to Brené Brown talks about this who's mm -hmm. one of our favorite people um she talks about how a man came up to her after her speech about vulnerability i would recommend anyone to listen to her ted talk on vulnerability just put in brené brown vulnerability into google um she talks about how this man came up to her after one of her talks about shame 
And he said, like, you don't understand. Like, if I came and said I'm vulnerable to my wife and daughters, that they would be like, we can't let you be because we need you to be our rock. And so as much as we talk about, hey, guys, we need you to be vulnerable and talk about your feelings. Can we handle that Mm -hmm. if we have to be the ones to take over? Now, I personally can because I didn't grow up in a family with any men. So I'm just like, what do they do? Where Mm -hmm. do they go? (laughs) They might be nice to sit around wearing their ties and nothing else. But um, it's not just about... It's about that this when someone speaks about their feelings, is it a safe place for for them to do that? So while it might be a nice theory to um uh, to to brag, have we created a space where someone can be clapped? Where yeah. someone where we give someone a big round of applause and they know they're going to get it when uh, like like the, uh, a perfect safe space would be that wherever you were with Ava DuVernay that she was like um, oh, is it the Glamour Awards? The Glamour Awards, well, yeah, but you would know going the in the Glamour like Awards no. is somewhere you will get a giant round of applause <laughs> yeah. for being a confident woman. Yeah, and how do we create the Glamour Awards over a cup of tea with our friends or in our bedrooms with all of our pals? And is that part of your motivation then with a lot of your work? A with your stand up, the way that you kind of destigmatize things that sometimes women feel embarrassed to talk about um, and with This Way Up you know talking about mental health talking about loneliness is is yeah. part of your mission to destigmatize these things uh, in order to create this mass social environment that in which we, we welcome think, people who are trying these new healthy things Yeah I think um, and before we started recording this podcast Jamila and I were briefly talking about the weight of responsibility as individuals mm-hmm. when you do something that you don't think is going to go viral or mean a lot to somebody and when I wrote that article about my dad stigma there's such a stigma still around suicide um and I definitely pounced upon any single thing I ever saw in the press I was like oh my god is somebody else talking about it because it was just there was a vacuum of people you would know or anyone talking about how they felt about Mm. it there was just this vacuum so I suppose I should have maybe preempted but didn't the reaction to it and I've just gotten thousands and thousands of messages about suicide. And to be honest, they were, I'm, please keep on getting in touch and sending me things if you want. But it, it is a lot to get. Uh, and I, I was very like, I, I felt this uh, guilt if I didn't get back to people. And you can't, you cannot reply to thousands of messages. You just, you just can't. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a way, even though This Way Up didn't start out as that, I think what I wanted to make with it was a hopeful show that dealt with it. But even that there's up in the title, it's about it's it's we're coming like there is hope and something positive and not entirely maudlin and a safe space where uh, don't worry, there's going to be jokes. In fact, I want to talk to you about using humour in these situations. We're going to do it right after the break. Oh, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust 
into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service. Okay, so we're back. I'm going to let you swallow your tea. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy. Um, Okay, so we were talking about humor, using humor Mm. when it comes to discussing your issues now this is something obviously i'm not going to go on a whole like oh everyone's gone too pc yeah, yeah. um because political correctness is vitally important to civilization i get that and i mm-hmm. i support that um but i do think that sometimes even those who are suffering with something are now being policed around joking about their own experience which i think draws I, I would draw a line there. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like humour is vital uh, for, for that very thing. I use humour to joke about every horrendous thing that's happened yeah. in my life and that's how I've overcome it and survived it. In fact, I'm actually currently in trouble for this. Oh, An ongoing on. in trouble. Ongoing oh, on. in trouble. Tell us. Um, I... I frequently like to take a big shit on Piers Morgan whenever I can publicly. It's just a, oh god, like I thought you were time. like because you love him so much, and that's something you guys are into as no, a couple. No. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm on the wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I bet he likes that. Um, yeah. No, but uh, I, um, I was sort of we were talking about Piers Morgan, and someone said, you know, like no matter how much people try and get rid of him, he just keeps popping up. And I was mm-hmm. like, I know he's like the HPV of Britain. Yeah, great. And uh, that's more a reference the fact that HPV never really really goes away. Yeah, Yeah. it just keeps popping back up in new mutations, uh, new TV shows on ITV. And so uh, (laughs) I got into quite a lot of trouble and have been for months and months and months now because people are saying that I am uh, being insensitive about HPV. And I've frequently talked about the fact that I personally am someone who has HPV, much like most of the modern world. I think uh, with those situations, as long as you, and you're very good at this, it's it's like what you're famous for is going, really? Interesting. Okay, let me examine that. Yeah. But you have every right to come back and go, no, lads, I'm going to stick by it. Yeah, this time I, I like heard it out, but I was a bit like, well, I've got this. I feel like that's very much so my right to be allowed yeah. to discuss that in a humorous way. Why, why I must think, I be forced to I feel sad about it? I think the thing about? is, and, and this is probably a part of the reaction you were getting, mm-hmm. is the idea that there's outrage rather than... So uh, when someone comes to you with something going, listen, I'm really hurt by something, Mm -hmm. you can go, oh, interesting. But you don't immediately have to assume you're wrong and whether there is a right and a wrong Mm -hmm. that you can go, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm going to have a little examine and go, do you know what? I, okay, this happened to me actually before. Um, I'd like to think I have a good gauge because I've been working in comedy a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I one time lost my glasses at a gig and I, um, I put up on Instagram, someone found them for me and I put up on Instagram, please call off the Coast Guard, the police and the armed guards because we have actually managed to locate my glasses. And a woman got in touch with me, uh, a lovely woman who was a fan, but said, I can't believe you're being so insensitive. And basically it turned out her husband had died. He was a Coast Guard who had died during a rescue mission. And she was clearly in her grief and in right. a re- very recent grief. And it was one of those situations where I was like, here I have a choice. I do know what I'm doing. I'm a comedian. I've mentioned the Coast Guard, but just mentioning them in a joke is not undoing the work that they do or, or making small or like in the same way Derry mm-hmm. Girls, which is one of my favourite comedies, is about the troubles in Northern Ireland. And it's actually probably educated more British people about Northern Ireland and the troubles than any of the British uh, school system has done. <laughs> um, and I kind of said that to her. I was like, listen, I'm so sorry for your loss or whatever, but I think this is something where that's... Uh, I, I basically said, as you would know, and... 
a couple of months later, we end up meeting. I was doing this TV oh, wow. show and she was getting interviewed about her husband. And we had a really lovely moment. But I also knew in that moment, I was like, this isn't about me now. And anything that pops up that feels like it's in any way making comedy about the world he was in and he was a hero, that it felt like uh, an attack into that world. But that was a moment where I really, like, God, I would not want to make anyone feel no. worse like for a bloody joke about my glasses. No. But I was also like, this is not, this is not what you think it is. And I it really, and we had such a lovely moment later on and I met her and she loves comedy and she's a very funny person. And in those moments, sometimes you can go, oh, this isn't about me making a joke here. It's about other stuff that you're mm -hmm. going through. And as long as, I suppose in that moment you're going, did I? Let me have a look. Oh, no, I think it's I think that's actually OK Personal within my mission person. statement. Yeah, everything. Uh, things can always be a listenable moment, but everything not has to be a teachable moment. Yeah, um, I think that's a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I always listen and I, I almost always apologise. It was just one of the few times where I was a bit like, yeah, I shall. Even, in the same way that I used to be, I used to be deaf. And when I was deaf, I used to sort of make jokes about yeah. my own not being able but to But I also hear think is even saying I almost always apologise. I think people are getting too well, like, you can't say anything no, nowadays. No, but, oh, but I am almost always wrong when I am apologising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am because, because I am, you know, But you know what it is? It's not human. like, oh, it's PC gone mad. No. A lot of it is actually going, oh, no what the, the thing is that for ages everyone thought that they weren't allowed say they were hurt mm -hmm. and now everyone's saying hurt and it's quite overwhelming for everyone to find that out and generally the the more um uh, uh what's the word uh, boundaries that are put around creativity sometimes really helps the brain so if you say you're only allowed to do uh, material about that orange segment ashling i could probably get 20 minutes out of it if you say ashling do material about whatever you want i'd be like uh, 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 like you mm -hmm. and the idea that we couldn't use creativity if you're like you can't do any chinese voices anymore guys and people are like what it's like yeah and you know why you were never really able to do them they made people feel really bad but those people didn't have a voice Agreed. and but also like if that's the only thing you had in your canon. I remember actually you said it and Sarah Pascoe um, referenced it recently. If you could only make size two clothes, yeah. are you really a good designer? Yeah. If your clothes only look good like that. So if you feel like your whole stand-up career is gone because you can't do Chinese accents anymore mm -hmm. because it hurts people and maybe there'll be a world where it'll be fine in 20 years or whatever. Then, but we don't know how the, no, the, the balance sure. will work out. And um, Pete Holmes has an amazing bit of stand up about how we can't do certain accents, but for some reason, Italian accents are fine. I want a pizza, pizza. <laughs> and you're like, no, that's totally, no one, <laughs> no one gets offended by that. You know, in the same way, like a lot of Irish stuff that would have been really bad 40 years ago is kind of fine now because we're kind of quite on top of the world culturally. We're like not the underdogs anymore. We're yeah. a highly educated country that's Everyone's doing pretty well. Yeah. Everyone's moving to Ireland looking for, to Marry me for passports and you can have it if you just put a ring on it. <laughs> She's shaking um, her boobs at the camera. <laughs> tune into the visuals uh, to get that sweet, sweet extra content. Just so people could understand your sudden yeah. cadence. It's, yeah. uh, it's coming with a shake, uh, bringing all the boys to the yard. Um, but do you know what I mean by that? In that like mm -hmm. we can use, if there's a period of like 50 years where we have to use our creativity so another community can kind of feel a bit better or less shit rather, we're that's just not the worst it. thing in the world. And and also there are other places for jokes. Like it's really annoying when you're a stand-up if you realise someone's got the same bit as you. And it's boring because like, oh, I worked really hard on that bit. And a lot of the comedy that people feel, oh man, that was really well crafted. It just doesn't work anymore. It's like mm -hmm. when you have a joke that's tired. Like if you had a brilliant, I don't know, George Bush impression and that's what you did for like four, eight years. And now you just sort of can't do it because it feels a bit irrelevant. It's annoying to have to retire a bit that you like, but yeah, you, there's new stuff. So start, it, it actually keeps stuff. you, it yeah. keeps you creative and and there is a world where you you have to go like hold back on things going no do you know what an stg joke always bloody works that's that's great i i think you would have gotten away with that more if you were uh, a stand-up or a comedian 
but no, but also, I mean? yeah, no, and also I am someone who apologizes now. So it doesn't like I've always apologized, but because I apologize, I feel like then people want me to apologize for, for any, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said that Rihanna, that the Met Ball without Rihanna was like sex without an orgasm. And a lot of people who, who have not yet achieved orgasm in their lives got very upset oh, with me and felt man, like I was come on. singling them out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I get now that it's just like, it's almost like a drinking game of yeah, like, yeah, how many yeah. times can we yeah. get Jamila Jamil to apologize? Yeah. And that's fine because sometimes I'm genuinely, I fucked up and I enjoy learning. Yeah. I enjoy getting, yeah, I, I enjoy too. also, I enjoy the okayness of being fallible and, mm. and being able to say you're wrong and it's doing so better. Incredibly I find it very freeing. exciting. In my 20s, I was so the opposite. I was really... Defensive. Really defensive, really angry. I thought my way of loving was the only way to love. I thought my way of being a friend was the only way to mm-hmm. be a friend. I thought, no, this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. And then I did almost such a 360 that it, I fell into super a apologetic. Because 360 mm, would bring you right bring back right round back. to yeah. being defensive. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. this actually happened on Love Island where someone I would have called Dopey was like, oh my God, she's just going to turn my head 370 degrees. Oh, like, that's amazing. <laughs> something like that was really funny. But I've basically done that. I like, I've done a total 360 on that. I'm really bad at maths. I met a man that's, here recently, by the way, who I thought would be an amazing Love Island candidate yeah. where he um, he was talking about how, yeah, man, like exercise, it like releases the dolphins in your brain. <laughs> Oh, bless. <laughs> That's so much of a better yeah. word than endorphins. It releases the dolphins. It releases the bloody dolphins. Imagine how joyous that feels better. <laughs> Release the dolphins. And they'd be like, arr, That's arr. what I think about now when I'm happy. Yeah. I imagine all these the dolphins are really yeah, having, exactly. having one. Balls on their noses. <laughs> But enough about my weekend. <laughs> um, um, I, um, I want to talk to you about shame some more I just want to make sure that you're I'm not embarrassed to talk about it (laughs) Um, you and I when we were chatting on the phone earlier Mm -hmm. because we're friends IRL yeah uh, we were talking about all the things that we were ashamed of when we were young that we look back on now with so much regret so Mm. many hours and days and weeks and months and years wasted yes thinking about that thinking so badly of ourselves for things Mm -hmm. that we had no reason to yes I mean I was telling you earlier. We're talking about my stamp collection. Well. I'm yeah. not joking. <laughs> Do you, are you now, like, now that we're both in our late 20s? <laughs> now that we're both in our 30s, uh, are you looking back on things and we're kind of reflecting on them? Also just with the general conversation of female yeah. shame, you know, thanks to people yes, like yes, Brené yes. Brown and, and et cetera. You know, uh, now that this is becoming a conversation that we're no longer ashamed to have, mm. What have you been looking back on with regret? Massively uh, periods. Ugh, what? <laughs> um, I read a book just this year called Period Power by a writer called Maisie Hill. And I, honest to God, I'm 35 years of age, was suddenly learning the names for my bits. Mm-hmm. And I cannot bloody believe it. And she has this whole thing about the cycle, your cycle, and week Mm -hmm. to week. It's very comprehensive that it's put into like a winter, summer, spring, autumn and how to harness that for your mental health as well. And that she talks about like what your body's doing during a month and it's like... um, Say, for example, the week before your period, we all know we're like, oh, I feel a bit mad. And she's like, no, it's not madness. It's heightened awareness. And that's there because there was a certain time in cavewoman times when your body didn't know if it was pregnant or yet. So you were on high alert for any danger and you would look around. So your heightened sensitivity. Wow. Now, the way that comes out might be like... Fuck you, Jamila. And that's not right. Right. But the the idea that something has happened... is fight or flight. Your, yeah, but yeah. your instinct's quite heightened. It's not wrong. It's heightened. Got it. It's just to question it. And also then after your period, the sort of week and a half afterwards, is your heightened estrogen time. And that's where you know you're not pregnant, so you're going out looking for a mate. That's when you're more sociable. More that's randy. When, yeah, more randy-andy. Yeah. Um, I'm there right now, baby. Hey. Um, Stay on that side of the even, bloody desk. even know why some weeks you can manage lots of stuff and other weeks it's crippling to have to go to Mm -hmm. another dinner I'd never I'd never known at all that had anything to do with my cycle and I would wonder why one week I'd be up and the next week I'd be down also other people would wonder why you're up and down because you didn't even know to tell them or warn them but also what you can do and so the reason it's called period power is it's there are certain times of the month when you're better at stuff but it doesn't mean that you're bad 
all month or mm-hmm. bad the week beforehand. So even in terms of being a writer, she was like, when your estrogen's up and you're in Randy Andy mode, that is not the time to be editing in front of a computer. But that is great for brainstorming, creativity, living. big chats, doing, yeah, a, doing yeah, yeah. podcasts. You know, big shout out to everyone who does podcasts for a living. But like, that's the time the to many, be... many, many women in this industry. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, a re- it's notorious for having lots of women. Um but just to know how to harness where you are week to week and even to look at your diary and go, oh, God, that's um, the the two after after that estrogen week, you get a drop in your estrogen mm-hmm. and suddenly you become a little bit more insular. So if you look at that week and go, oh, God, I have five dinner parties that week. I know that's a real <laughs> middle class ladies thing to say. <laughs> but even if you're like, I have a birthday party, I'm, I'm hanging around with people. That's too many things that week that might really drain me. Mm-hmm. Whereas on another week, that might be like fantastic to even look at how you balance yourself or where you put the big scary presentation or where you put the big scary public speaking or what do you do when and that you can lean into your cycle and how much that affects your mental health it just blew my mind yeah and if I like I couldn't work out when I was writing my show why one week I would be so I would write 20 pages and another week just getting around to anything just tired me. I was just so cripplingly tired. And she was like, in your insular week, that's a great week to do a version of editing. Great. That's where something on your own, kind of focused and a little bit of quiet space, that's the week to do that. And just knowing that, and I'm sitting there going all through my 20s, why I could talk for Ireland one week and why something else. And why didn't we look into it? Like, was it, it was because, you know, in no small part, because there's a bit of shame around Mm -hmm. us being educated about it. Like I learned about fallopian tubes and I learned about igneous rock, but no one ever told me about my hormonal cycle in the entire time they had me. No. 17 years, at least four of which I was bleeding. And it was also the burden of it. The burden. This is something awful. Girls, it's going to happen. It's awful. But it will happen. Yeah. And it's going to be awful. Let's just say that. Week before or after you're mad. The week of it, you're uh, you're dying. The week after it, you're so relieved you didn't die. And then it goes back into it roughly again at the same time. <laughs> you have two days in between that that aren't the worst in the world. But also on top of that, you've got sore boobs, big boobs, small boobs. You're bleeding out of the middle and no one calls an ambulance. And you're like, okay, that's just life now. Rather than going how to harness the power of that, how to be highly intuitive, sure. how to like go, God, I actually my reaction's there or let me wait a week and I will really kind of get a good gauge of who's on my my team and who's not and and the power of it rather yeah. than Sandy Totsvig um famously when I think when she was at Cambridge um this professor came out and go cavemen were trying to create calendars and so you can see this sticker this rock that has 28 days and already they were so advanced the cavemen that they were like making a calendar and she was like that wasn't a caveman that was a cave or that was a cave woman and they were like what and she was like why would a caveman need to know 28 days passing of course, it was a cave woman who made the first calendars. Our whole years and month like cycle is based on the cycle of a woman. It's not based on the cycle of like how many boners you get or else each day would be 70, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> 70 days. Um, but and that to me is fascinating because also I really would have loved that as an aid for my mind during my 20s to know what was happening with my body hormonally from week to week, to know how to plan myself. And now I really look at like even going into next year and hopefully writing a second series, I'll be looking at when I plan my brainstorming sessions, when I'm like, oh, you'll you'll get more done that week because that's that's editing week. Do you have an app? I have an app. I have an app, yeah. I have an app that tells me in the week before that your cycle is about to begin. Yes, yes, yes. Which is basically just giving me a big old heads up reminder that if I'm crying, now I remember Maybe have a little yeah. reason. And no, yeah. I use the app reminder to, I mm-hmm. don't just look at it and then quietly put it away. I start mm-hmm. like showing it to people. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, okay, so this, guys, yeah. this is happening. Yeah. Uh, everyone buckle up. Yeah. And I uh, warn my male friends, like I came home the other day with uh, what I, you know, had been confirmed to me was terrible PMS uh, by my app. Yeah. And I came home and my friend said, how are you? Now, ordinarily, I would just say, yeah, I'm all right. Um, But instead I was like, I just want to punch all of you in the face. And it doesn't mean that that's really me, but that's a feeling I'm having right now. So I think I probably need to remove myself. Yeah, so uh, to remove yourself, but to know rather than to like overly plan too many things. Yes, exactly. It's so important that people don't always take our behaviour so personally, because often like we aren't really wielding it. And for your friends to sometimes go, hey, I'm in a headspace, I've got a problem here and I need to tell you about it and I need help. And then another week, it might be your PMS week going, hey, I really need to talk to someone. I've loads of feelings and Mm -hmm. I need, I just need someone to listen. Mm -hmm. 
and to go, oh, this is your week where you just feel certain things. Let me help you out with that. And we can work out what is a good gut reaction. And thank you. I honestly think all detectives should be female the week before their period. Because they'd be like, I know that something has gone wrong in this town. And like if Sarah London or Jumper, imagine. What? Where were they from? I was trying to do the killing, the Danish cool. lady. <laughs> so she'd be like, I know there's a, someone buried in this lake. But I will definitely know that in about four days' time, according to my app. <laughs> I, will def- I will be able to find a killer, but this week I'm just going to write up the reports. <laughs> so, like, You're so that weird. for me is like the, the shame around periods and, and uh, the female genitalia. And when I, like, I didn't get my first period till I was 17. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't talk to my friends about it. I didn't tell my mother until I was like, is there any way you can give me some in the shop? Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, Jay Grant. And I had uh, so much shame around periods, probably until two or three years ago. I yeah, didn't same. in my twenties. I didn't tell people. I used I to apologise to my boyfriend about it. Yeah, what was yeah, I yeah. doing? And also, men can really handle blood and guts. Like for most of history, they were in wars, so yeah. they're like, "Yes, please." You know, this like probably <laughs> reminds me of the ghosts of you know yeah. soldiers or whatever. So like they're like genetically blood, responding blood, blood. to it. Yeah, yeah they like, love it. Like if you look at most movies that are aimed at men, it's just blood. So like they're down for it. It's us that has a problem with going. Oh, you know. I know it's so bizarre. Yeah. Generally. It's shame something that uh, you are coming out of and through? Yeah, probably. Has stand-up helped that by just getting up on stage and talking about things that some people feel like embarrassed about? Yeah. Like single life or all these different yeah, kind of things? Yeah, but there'd be definite things that I'd feel still <sighs> embarrassed by and, and maybe loneliness was one of them. Right. Like I've genuinely, and I, but then that's when I used humour. I put up on Instagram the picture I was embarrassed by, which was my face and the word loneliness. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I've become the face of. Ha ha. And I was like, oh, now I've controlled the narrative around it. But a bit of me wanted to be like, to my PR, email the Guardian and tell them to take it down. Yeah. Like, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, you know, um, and honestly, I would have, I often think as well, I would rather a sex tape come out of me mm-hmm. than a picture of me eating when I'm on my own. I, really? Yeah. God, me I mean, there's that whole blog, isn't there, of women eating alone on the underground? Oh, baby, just the loneliness of it and the way I eat when I think no one's watching. I honestly would rather a big old tape of me. Is it some cinema popcorn face? It, it, it's, ju- it's just sh- like bad posture. <laughs> right. No one's here. I'm, I'm worried now because I realise that I don't have a different setting. So I might be doing my lonely eating face Ooh. in front of my lover. <laughs> That's front terrifying. Lover. Yeah. Before we go further, I'm just going to take us to a quick break. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... I had a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home. And we're back. <laughs> I love English accents sometimes. <laughs> My lover. My lover. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm still, I'm kind of, I, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty much out of the woods of shame now. Mm. But that's kind of, I, I'm, there's always new ones that yeah. pop up unexpectedly. I told you earlier, I'm sort of coming to terms with farting. That's the sort of new I thing. No, I know your face has already shot me off. Your eyebrows just jumped it's up. It's something that I can't relate to. Down. I've never done it. <laughs> and that is where we end the podcast. Can we go to another break? Good. <laughs> no. And not a break we of are wind. going there. Um, I don't Theo, want to. Theo Vaughn talked about There are this, certain things you like, should be ashamed no, of. And I think... <laughs> God, I think that's where, where you should hold your shame in your bottom. Theo Vaughn talks about it. He's just like, 
farting when are we going to beat it he's like you have an app that can that can detect your blood pressure but we you know we're still in the dark ages when it comes to our assholes yep. and, I think and that is a nice darkness so i will say but anyway it's something that i'm personally working through which obviously you do not approve of and you are shaming me on my podcast i'm about actually gonna shame. shame i'm gonna shame you about that jamila i'm gonna shame you about that well, that's, that's fine my... i accept Just shame. yeah okay i'll go away and investigate that in my private time okay um Okay, well, I'd look, I I have to let you go soon. Thank you for coming on and talking to me about mental health. Yeah, I've health got a big business me meeting to go to facts. about modelling. Sure, yeah. Mm. And uh, it's a, you say all this, you 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 keep joking about modelling, but you are actually, for those who can't see this woman, she's a legit snack. I wasn't joking. Oh, no. <laughs> are you on your way to you, a model's one? Why do you think I was joking? <laughs> I never said I was joking. Um, <laughs> you're one of my favourite people to look at in the whole wide world. Oh, my God. You Face are. of loneliness, 2019. Thank you. There we go. Miss Lonely. Uh, Thank you so much to the what, Academy. What a campaign. I actually have a, yeah, I, I've recently done a campaign with a company around loneliness, so I have a God. similar... You can pitch me as a face. Buy. Yeah, if you want to join me. Um, What's it like uh, for women getting endorsement deals after 30? Totally fine, as long as you want to be the face of uh, HPV and loneliness aging, and farting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so... Oda ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, started a movement called I Way. Yes. you are aware of. Very much And so. that is a movement against shame in yes. its entirety. And that's why I wanted you to come here and talk to me about it. Mm. Uh, one thing that I would like people to do on this podcast is to tell me what they weigh. Not in pounds and kilograms, in case you had not 700. already gauged that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh if you had to tell me a couple of things that you uh, weigh yourself in as a oh. measurement. What would do you they know what, Jamila? Be? That's made me suddenly emotional. Has it? Yes. I think because I see the Instagram account so much and I really like like the posts, but I've never thought about doing it myself. Mm. And we started off about bragging and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually quite proud of my achievements. Oh, no, good. Oh, wow. I love this. It could be that or I'm, I'm tearing up at the thoughts of you bringing up farting again. Um, <laughs> or I'm maybe so I just upset. farted and it's, no! it's reached you. <laughs> it's reached my eyeballs first. Um, I weigh... God, it really has reached yes, you emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you've, yeah. Oh, God damn it. She's broken the seal <laughs> of my clown mask. Um, or maybe I'm a really good actress and I'm just playing with you. <laughs> um, so uh, I weigh uh, uh, an ability to love, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, I weigh uh, so many friends. Mm -hmm. I weigh... Uh, 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 working on myself. Mm -hmm. I weigh a TV show that I know has meant a lot to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I weigh uh, writing uh, an article about my dad, which if he was around, I'm sure he would have been proud of, but also would have been like, why are you writing an article about me? I'm here. Um, <laughs> so it would have been quite a, an odd thing to do. Um, I weigh uh, a comedy career that has bought me a house uh, that I live in and I bought it all myself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I weigh a conservatory I bought from my mother. Mm -hmm. uh, can you imagine if I did actually weigh as much as a conservatory? <laughs> then you would be welcome at I weigh. Yeah, but also what a shit <laughs> conservatory because I'm, I'm, I'm not that um, heavy. But uh, I, yeah, I weigh... I think I weigh uh, grit and graft. I, I I keep going when I get knocked down and I think that, uh, and I don't harbour hate. Uh, I think I've learned to let go of a lot of hate and anger. So I think I weigh that. And I also, I weigh getting rid of my story, which I hung on to for quite a long time. Uh so I think that's what I weigh. But yeah, I, I, I weigh, I really tried hard with my show to make something that would hopefully make people feel a little less lonely. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I weigh that. So that's, I weigh the face of loneliness, the current <laughs> face of loneliness. So yeah, I think that's... Well, you weigh uh, making me cry on my fucking podcast. Oh no, so. babes! <laughs> Looks like two people are about to get their period, am I right? <laughs> Sinking um, her uh, I yeah. uh, thank you for coming on and being so funny and educational and uh, well, we're just two TEFL teachers I know te- teaching teaching emotions <laughs> as a foreign language hey, hey. what a callback <laughs> um, thank you Ashling. you continue to be just one of my absolute babes in this industry may you continue to find funny and interesting ways to tell all of us the truth oh uh, and your work thank means you a lot to me all of your hard work and for uh, young women everywhere uh, thank you very much as well sweet, sweet this has Jamila. been a delight we've got to fucking talk more often oh my god alright let's get out of here you got to get to your modelling meeting yeah i got to get to modelling meetings guys <laughs> <laughs> I've got an STD campaign that I'm going to be the face of we need to pick some outfits <laughs> oh Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson and the beautiful music that you're hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. I really appreciate it and it amps me up to bring on better and better guests. Lastly, at I Weigh, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iweighpodcast at gmail.com. It's not in pounds and kilos, so please don't send that. It's all about your just, you, you know, you've been on the Instagram anyway. And now we would love to pass the mic to one of our listeners. I weigh my dog. I have an old retired sled dog and she's been such a lovely companion during this time where I'm working from home. I'm one of the many women in the United States and worldwide that deals with ADHD, and it's been really hard to focus. But having my dog by my side helps me to feel really grounded and helps me smile. And this podcast, thanks. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.